Welcome to our Bible teaching tonight. Um, there's some things, specific things that are on my heart. Uh, as many of you know, uh, who've been listening to the teachings that I do, I've been talking a lot about the miraculous uh, and miracles, uh, mainly because I believe God wants us stirred in this area and wants us to begin to realize that there's a lot more that he wants to do. And so we've, we've talked about quite a few things connected to that. Uh, and last week, I, I started talking about the fact that the word of God releases the power of God. We saw the connection between uh, a number of miracles in the Bible and, and the word of God. Uh, you know, sometimes people have the idea that if God's going to do a miracle, if he's going to move, that it's just kind of kind of be up to the sovereign kind of divine choice of God, that he's just going to move when he wants to move. And uh, there's a lot of Christians that have the idea that we're almost like we're just kind of just waiting and depending upon God to do it. And we're waiting for the spirit of God to do some things. Um, see, many Christians, all they know is how to just depend solely upon the Holy Spirit to initiate some things. And, and hey, depending on the Holy Spirit is good. I'm not again. I'm certainly all for the Holy Spirit. But what I want to show you tonight is there's a bit more to it that we haven't quite seen a lot of times as a church. We need to realize that if you if you kind of have the mentality, well, you know, we're just waiting for the Holy Spirit to do a miracle and we're waiting for the Spirit to move when he wants to move. It's totally up to his discretion when he moves. If, you, if you're kind of in that mentality then I believe that you, you're not really walking in and stepping into the fullness of everything that God wants to do in our lives. We need to realize that, that, that there's some things that God has been trying to show us uh, and, get, and he wants us to see. Uh, I believe he's been trying to show the church some things for, for even decades now and individual believers. And there's many times Christians that are wondering why they're not stepping into some things. They're well, you know, you know, I'm just waiting for the Spirit of God to do a miracle in my life. And I'm waiting for the Spirit of God to move in my life. But you see, and, and, and for those of you who've heard me teach, I'm going to say a couple of things that I've, I've said to some of our groups, but I just had it on my heart to say a couple of things tonight. And then I'm going to lead on from there. But let me just remind you, and some of you have heard me say these things a few times. But in the, in the Bible, uh, in the Old Testament, we have a time when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. They'd come out of Egypt and they were going through the wilderness. They were heading to the promised land. Now, in the wilderness, they experienced some amazing moves of the Spirit of God. Now, let me just say this quickly before I refer to this. I'm not just randomly picking this period of time of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Over and over in the New Testament, this period of time, we are pointed to it. There are, there are entire chapters, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, which really focus on this period of time in the wilderness and going into the promised land. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, there's reference to it. Quite a few New Testament references point us to some things in this period of time. And, and it's because God wants us to see some things. And one of the things I believe that, that God wants us to realize and see is this. In the wilderness, God moved for the children of Israel. You could say they had the, the divine move of the Spirit of God. They had, they had miracles. They had water coming out of a rock. They had manna on the ground. They had the glory of God the, the, and the manifest glory of God, the cloud. Incredible, the, the splitting of the Red Sea. Incredible manifestations of the Spirit of God. 
So you could certainly say God was moving for that group of people. And they had an anointed leader. They had Moses, who was an anointed man of God, one of the, the most powerful in our eyes. We would say one of the most powerful prophets of the Old Testament leading that nation. And yet it's interesting to note that no matter how many miracles they had, no matter how many moves of God and manifestations of the glory of God they had, they were still in the wilderness. And this is the point that many of you have heard me say this, but just we need to remind ourselves, then I'm going to build from this point tonight. See, it wasn't, let's put it this way. They had all these miracles, but God brought them up to the verge of the promised land. And something was different. At that point, it wasn't just them being, it wasn't just a matter of God was going to just take them into the promised land regardless of them. See, in the wilderness, many times they, they disobeyed God, they rebelled against the word of God, they were not yielded, they didn't believe God, all kinds of things. And miracles would still happen for them. And they would ex still experience the manifestation of the spirit of God and God would move for them. And it didn't really matter too much how they were responding. You know, they would respond wrong and, and they'd still get a miracle afterwards. It, it, it's almost like God would just do it for them despite them. And you see, many Christians are in that kind of mentality today. They just want God to just do it despite us because they think, well, it's all up to the Lord. But you see, this group of people came, they went through the wilderness and they came to the promised land. And when they came to the promised land, they responded how they had always responded. They doubted the word of God. They wouldn't believe what God was saying to them. But this time, God responded differently. They responded how they'd been responding to God the whole way through the wilderness. They wouldn't believe his word. They didn't believe God. And they just thought God will still just do a miracle for us anyway. And in fact, on this occasion, God said, no, no. Because of the fact that you haven't responded right, I'm not taking you into the promised land. So what I often say to people is this. Very often, we, you, can re, you can experience a measure of the move of God in your life by just depending upon God to do it all, regardless of you. But there comes a place, there's a certain line you cannot cross until we learn to do it the way God wants us to do it. And I believe as a church, there, a lot of times in the past, the revival, the move of God, the miraculous in our lives, even people getting healed. It, it's very similar to the children of Israel in the wilderness. God just doing it for people despite us, despite us not always believing his word, despite us not always responding to what he says. But you see, through all of this, God is looking for something. God is wanting to raise up a people who will respond correctly to his word. And there's a big difference between miracles that happened in the wilderness for a people who, who, who were pushing the word of God away and didn't want to listen to what God was saying, but still wanted God to move. There's a big difference between that type of people and the people who crossed the line out of the wilderness into the promised land. That took a people who were going to believe the word. 
and believe what God was saying and grab a hold of what God was saying with their faith. And they were able to cross into some things. See, even having Moses in the wilderness was not enough to get them into the promised land. Moses couldn't take them across that line. The, 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 the glory, the presence of God, the anointing could not take them across that line. Only one thing could take them from the wilderness into the promised land. And that was them choosing to respond correctly to what God had said. Or we would, we would call it the word of God. God's promise to them. God's declaration to them. We need to understand this. God is wanting to raise up a people who, who respond correctly to what he says. Many times, people, Christians, we, we, we don't believe what God said. We resist what God said. There's even some Christians that say, well, it's got nothing to do with whether we believe God. It's all up to the Lord. You know, God will heal people. It's just all up to the spirit of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're in faith. It doesn't matter if you believe God. It's just all up to the Lord. See, that is a mentality that will keep you in the wilderness. That mentality will not cause you to cross the line into some things. And I believe that there are some things God is wanting to step the church into. There are some things God is wanting to step you as an individual believer into. But in order to cross that line, he is wanting to get us to respond to the word of God correctly. Now, many times, let me go back to what I was saying. There's a lot of times that Christians think that if a miracle is going to happen, it's all up to the Spirit of God. You know, it's just the Spirit of God's going to move. Even revival. Well, we're just waiting for the Spirit of God to bring a revival. Actually, I believe God's waiting for something from us. I believe God, I believe that God wants to do some things slightly differently. In fact, he wants to do things the way he's been wanting to do them all along. He isn't wanting us to just have another revival and another move of God in the wilderness. And then it all dies down and we're still in the wilderness as a church. Once and for all, God is wanting to step us across the line. There are some things he wants to take us into, but it is going to take a people who respond to the word of God in order for God to do some of those things. There is a response God is looking for from us. And this is why for a long period of time, God has been teaching the church about how to believe him. How, and you see, believing, or we would, might call it faith, faith or believing God is connected to the word of God. God is looking for a people who will respond to his word correctly in order to release a greater move of his spirit in our individual lives and in the church. So if you begin to realize this, if you rely just on the spirit of God doing everything, you, you, can, you might see some healings. You might see some great things happen. But there is a far greater level of the move of God that you can walk in in your individual life if you learn how to get the word and the spirit functioning together in your life. And this is what a lot of Christians have not learned how to do. You see, there's a lot of Christians that haven't realized the value and the importance of the word of God in God doing some things. We just want to step back and say, it's all up to the spirit of God. We'll just let God do it all. And Scott is saying, no, 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 no. This time I am trying to get my word into my people and I'm looking for a people who will believe my word, respond to my word right, and I will take that group into a far greater move in the Spirit of God. See, this is, uh, and I'm repeating some things, 
In the last couple of weeks, you might notice I've been repeating a few things that I've been teaching over the last six months. And it's because as I've prayed, I, the Spirit of God has just been saying, re-emphasize certain truths. Don't give something new. Bring this back. Why? Because either some of us haven't seen it yet or God's wanting more of us to see it. God's wanting more people to realize and recognize this particular truth. So I've got to get the same thing out there again. You know, Paul, uh, sorry, Peter said, talked about how there's some things I'm going to remind you of, and I'm going to go through them again. And, 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 and it's because of the importance and the necessity of this truth. Now, I'm going to go on to some new things in a minute, but I'm emphasizing this because God wants us to see this. God wants us to realize this. A lot of Christians do not connect the word of God to things like miracles happening. They do not connect the word of God and the way they are responding to the word of God to God moving in their life and, and to healing happening in their life. They, they just want to, they think it's all up to the Lord. the Lord. I'm just waiting for the Lord to heal me. I'm just waiting for the Lord to do things in my life. God is saying, actually, there's things I want to do in your life, but I, God, not me, this, I'm saying this is the kind of thing he's saying, I am waiting for you to respond to my word right so that I can release some greater things into your life. And as long as we're resistant to that, we're just saying, Lord, you just do it. Lord, you just do it. We're going to stay in the wilderness. But I believe it's time. I believe it's time for the body of Christ to step over to cross over into a far greater move of the Spirit of God that is going to be a combination of the Word and the Spirit moving in our lives. And as we begin to realize that and see that, God's going to be able to do some far greater things than we've ever imagined. And, and we're going to step into some things. This isn't going to just be us letting God do it all by the Spirit. It's going to be us learning how to cooperate with the Spirit of God because of our believing the word in order to release some greatest th great, greater things happening. And that's right. As I'm just reading there, it's time to, for us to cross on over into some things. And in order for us to do this, this is why God is just keep putting on my heart. Repeat that. Repeat that. And I, I'm thinking, God, but I've, some of these people have heard me say that so many times. And God says, no, repeat it again. You need to get this. They're not seeing it. They need to recognize this. The way we handle the word of God is going to determine whether we see a greater move of the Spirit of God. I'm going to say that again. That's not in my notes. The way we handle the Word of God is going to determine whether we see a greater move of the Spirit of God, uh, whether we cross over into some things. God is wanting us to get to this place. He's wanting us to begin to realize the role that the word of God has got to play in these things. We can't just exclude the word and expect the spirit to move. We can't push away. It is, it's dependent upon, it is connected to our response to the word. Now, let me show you some things. Let me, I'm going to read a familiar scripture, but I'm going to show you something in there that maybe you, you haven't quite seen this way before. But uh, so stick with me, even if you've heard the scripture before, because there's some things I began to see in the scripture that were even a bit a new angle of it for me. And I began to go, wow, that, there's even more in that than I've ever realized. And that scripture is Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Mark 16 and verse 17. Now, this is right after Jesus has given what we call the Great Commission. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel. Now, the, the gospel is the word. Preach the word, the, the gospel, 
<laughs> same thing, the gospel and the word, the, the, the message we preach. And in verse 17, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. Now, I'm going to show you something about the word follow in just a minute, because we've not realized this. It's fascinating, but I'm going to get there. But first of all, before I get there, these signs, you've heard this phrase before, but just because you've heard it doesn't mean this you can't get some good things out of it. These signs will follow who? Those who believe. In other words, the believing happens first. These, it doesn't say these signs will happen so that people believe. Not in this verse. It says these signs will follow those who believe. In other words, God has got to get a group of people to the place of being believers in order for this level of these, these signs to happen. The signs happening here, it doesn't say these signs will happen because God randomly wakes up one day and decides to just do these signs. That's not what this verse says. This verse says the signs happening, these signs will follow. Now, like I said, I'm going to point out something about that word follow in just a minute. These signs will follow a specific group, those who believe. The signs are directly connected to the believing. And many people haven't realized this in their lives. They're just saying, well, God, just do something in my life. And God says, if you want the, the spirit of God to move, it's going to take your believing some things. Now, our believing, what do we believe? Well, in that passage, they pre it was preach the gospel and then believe the gospel. For this passage, in other words, the word. Our beliefs, what we believe, are based upon the word. So that, that indicates that the release of these signs, the, these signs happening is directly connected to people believing the gospel and the word. You could read it like this. Or we could add this bit in just to, for clarification purposes. These signs will follow those who believe the gospel. Or these signs will follow those who believe the word. So our believing is directly connected to the signs happening. And we've not seen this like we should. Uh, there's still people that are struggling to, 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 to get a hold of the fact of, you know, is my faith and my believing involved in whether God's going to heal me or not? There's people that are struggling. They still don't see that. There's still portions of the church that say, oh, no, it doesn't matter whether you believe or not. It's all up to the Lord. The Lord will heal you. That's not the message of the Bible. The Bible, let me put it to you this way. Go back to my original illustration. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they had a measure of the Spirit of God moving, but they were not a people who were believing what God was saying. They were resisting. They didn't want to listen to the Word of God. Every time God said something, they rebelled against it. But they still wanted God to move when they faced a crisis. And to a degree, God got them through some things. So this, the children of Israel were a people who were just waiting for the spirit to move without them believing. But the people who crossed the line, who went deeper, who stepped all the way into everything God had for them, were a people who also believed what God said. And then the spirit of God moved. Different types of people. There's a large portion of the church that are like the children of Israel in the wilderness, that they just want God to move. And they say, oh, it doesn't matter whether we believe or not. We don't have to believe. We, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's all up to the Lord moving. That's the group that's going to stay in the wilderness. But I don't want to be one of those. 
I want to be one of the ones who begins to hear what God has been trying to show us in his word all along. That there is a move of the spirit of God. There is a level of the move of God that we can step into that is higher, that is greater, that is deeper. If we will recognize the connection between our believing and the move of the spirit of God, our believing the word. And the move of the Spirit of God. In other words, a, a combine, a combination of faith in the Word and the moving of the Spirit of God. This will step us into some greater things and a higher level. I'm not saying you you won't get anything if you don't. Like I said, in the wilderness, they had some things happen, but there's more. And we are at a day right now where God is wanting to, the, the church to step into that more. He's wanting us to step up a level. Out of just always saying, well, God, you do it. You do it. You do it. Lord, you, we'll just sit back. We'll resist your word. We'll push your word away. We'll say we don't have to believe the word, but you do it anyway, Lord. Time's passed for that group of people. We're now on the verge of the land. We're now on the verge of ready to step on in. And now God is saying it is time for a people to arise who will believe my word, who will put their faith in my word and learn how to get the miraculous manifesting in their life by the way they are responding to my word. We've got to see this. The way we respond to the word of God is directly connected to whether the spirit of God is going to move in our lives to a higher level. There are some things you're not going to step into just thinking, God, you do it all. There are some things you're not going to step into if you just say, well, it's all up to the spirit of the Lord. There are some things you are only going to step into when you recognize the role that me believing what God said plays in me stepping into some things. God's been trying to raise up a church who will begin to believe what he said. And this is so important. And I felt in my heart I need to get this message out recorded, out share on these public messages. Some of these things I've taught about the wilderness I've done in our groups and different things. And the Spirit of God said you need to get this out there. People need to begin to see this and begin to recognize this. We are in a day right now where the revival is going to be a bit different. This is not just a revival of the spirit of God moving. This is to be a revival of the word and the spirit. And when we say a revival of the word, that means how we respond to the word. We believe a people who believe the word will see a greater move of the spirit of God than the people who don't believe the word of God. Now, let me show you some things here. These signs will follow who? The group who believe. The signs happening are directly connected to the believing. Now, I said I want to point out some things about the word follow. I was doing some research. I just had it on my heart and I thought, let's look up what, what are the Greek. I sometimes like I do a bit of research into the words that are used to translate you. I'm not a Greek scholar, but there's some things you can learn and things you can see. And as I began to look into this, I realized this is fascinating. There are quite a few words in the New Testament. I'm going to refer to at least six. There are quite a few words in the New Testament that are all translated follow. To us in the English, it's follow or sometimes accompany, depending on which translation you're reading. And, and, and each word has a slightly different meaning. When it says these signs will follow those who believe, it's a very specific word there. And it actually doesn't mean what we think it means doesn't mean will simply follow me. That is a different Greek word. In fact, all of these words that I'm going to refer to, they all come out of, they, they, they have the same root word, but they have an additional, it's like a, 
a, a prefix, another word that comes before the root word. And each time it has a slightly different meaning, depending on the word that you add. So in the Bible, I'm going to go through these. This might be a bit technical, but by the time I get to the one that's used in Mark 16, if you see what I'm saying, you're going to run around the room and get so excited. You're going to realize Jesus is not just talking about these all follow behind us somewhere. They'll you know, follow. You see, that's what we think, a folly, follow or accompany, as some translations, in other words, they come with us. Actually, to follow behind and to accompany are two different Greek words. And they're not the one Mark uses in Mark 16. Has a different meaning. First of all, when the Bible talks about following Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, that it's used a number of times in the Gospels. We read it often just uses the word follow. That's one Greek word. Okay, that's one particular Greek word, and it kind of means a follower. It means follow. Here we go. Okay, that one is pretty good translated follow. It, it means you, you're going in the same direction as someone you are following them. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to give you the Greek word. I'm not a Greek scholar. Uh, my pronunciation might be slightly wrong, but I'm going to say it because I want you to see each of these is very similar, but it's slightly changed at the start of the word. Stick with me. This might be technical, but it's powerful. Okay. The word that's translated being a follower of Christ or following Christ is the Greek word. <laughs> here comes my pronunciation. A kolothea. A starts with A. A kolothea. Now you're going to see every word I'm about to give you has got kolothea in it. It's got that word in it, kolothea, but the starting is slightly different and it changes the meaning slightly. A kolothea, starting with the, the letter A, means to be a follower, to follow something or to follow someone. So being a follower of Christ. Now, there's a different uh, Greek word. I'm not going to give you the meaning of all of these. There's a different Greek word, exa kolothea. And now it's used in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. And it's translated in the English, follow, exactly the same. When, when Peter says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. It's translated English in follow as if it has, as if it's the exact same word. I follow Christ. We don't follow cunningly devised fables. Slightly different Greek words is akolothea and exakolothea. Right. Keep following me. There's another Greek word, epakolothea. And it's, it's basically E-P-A in front of the same word. And it's used in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. In English, it's translated follow. It's given the exact same translating, but it's a slightly different meaning. In 1 Peter 2, 21, it says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Follow. There... It's got the idea of walking in someone else's steps. And, and, and it, that makes sense because, in other words, they are an example and you are walking in their steps. It's translated follow. Okay. Very slightly different each time. You're going to start to see where this starts to change. There's another Greek word, which is kata kolothea. Okay. Again, my pronunciation might not be perfect, but see what I'm saying. Kata kolothea. In other words, Catacolithia. In other words, it's K-A-T-A put in front of the same word. And it's used in Luke 23, verse 55, 
where it says, and the woman who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. In other words, when they took Jesus off the cross, some of the women followed to see where they were going to put the body. And it, it has the idea of to follow behind. There, that word, katakolithia, it means to follow behind. All right? Now, there's another one. I'm almost there. This one and then the final one we're going to get to. Sunakolithia. Now, sunakolithia, in other words, it just got the word S-U-N-A before kolithia. Sunakolithia, it means to go with or to accompany. These signs, well, it's not used there, okay? In other words, it's used in Mark 5, 37, where it says Jesus, he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. In other words, there it means he didn't permit anyone else to go with him or to accompany him, right? Now, in Mark 16, verse 17, he did not use a single one of those words. If he had meant these signs will accompany us, he would have said sunakolithia. If he had meant they will follow behind us, he would have used katakolithia. He didn't. He didn't mean these signs will follow you and they will accompany, they'll go with you. The word that he used is parakolithia, P-A-R-A, okay? And it has a slightly different meaning. I'm going to give you the meaning because I want you to see this. Remember, this is directly connected to believing. These signs will cut a sorry, will paracol. I'm getting confused. These signs will paracolithia those who believe. This, the, remember, I said to you, the signs are connected to the believing. This is what this word means. Doesn't mean they'll follow you in the sense that they go everywhere you go. Doesn't mean they'll accompany you. It has the meaning always. Notice the always, always at his side. It also means to be always present. Now, this is the one word that brings in the idea of always. None of the others mean that. You can follow after someone and then you go a separate way. Here, it brings in the meaning of they will go everywhere, wherever you go, always. And this is significant. See, this goes against those people who say, oh, well, you know, miracles passed away. They were only happening then. No, these signs will always be present to those who believe. They will always be with and always be at the side and wherever you go. The idea is that when people step into that place of believing, you step into a place where you are always around the miraculous in your life. God never intended the miraculous to just happen sometimes. He never intended the miraculous to just be a divine move of God when he chooses. That's the wilderness. God is wanting to raise up a people who know how to turn the miraculous on and keep it on in their life. So that there is the miraculous is always present with us. See, you look through history, you know, so people say, oh, well, you know, the miraculous happened sometimes. It didn't happen at other times. You know, some revivals. And, and you, you can track the miraculous through history if you study church history. And there's books that study that. But you get people who say, well, the miraculous happened all the way back then and it doesn't happen now. And why didn't it happen for all these years? What was lacking was the always. It's not with us always. Why? It's because in order for it to always be present with us, it's directly connected to the believing the word. 
you're believing the word. If you, if you lack that, these signs will always be present with those who believe. The moment you take the believing out of it, you start getting into the, the signs just show up. Sometimes they don't show up other times. They're on, they're off. They're on, they're off. The only thing that can enable the church to step into the place where there is a nonstop, constant, ongoing flow of the miraculous is when we enter that place of believing the word. And this is in your own life as well. Many Christians, they're like, well, you know, sometimes I get a miracle and it goes five years and I don't seem to see much else happen. And when I need a miracle, I don't know how to get a miracle. And I'm just waiting for the spirit of the Lord to do a miracle when I desperately need God to move. And it's because they tr they, they, they're not doing it the way that turns it on always in your life. <laughs> get a hold of this. This is powerful. God is leading the church into a place where he wants the miraculous turned on and kept on. And the only thing that can do it is the way we respond to the word, believing the word. As long as we keep pulling off that topic and keep getting back to just, well, you know, God, we're just looking to for you to do this. See, this is the mentality with a lot of people with revival. They're just, well, we're waiting to God for God to bring a revival. God's waiting for a people of faith to rise up and take a hold of that revival, who will begin to believe the word and begin to speak the word over our nation and over our churches to lay hold of that revival without believing. In your own life, healing, the miraculous, the things that you need, there is something that turns that flow on constantly. These signs will always be present. They will always be around and always be flowing in the lives of those who believe. What is what has shut these down has been the believing. The believing is based upon the word. The believing is how we respond to the word. And you see, this is what this is this is what's this is what's been lacking a lot of the time. This is what God's trying to get the church to the place where we begin to understand that the role that the word of God and our response to the word is going to play in whether things happen in our lives or not. There is a mentality that's got to be broken. And it is this mentality that, well, it's all up to the Lord. If it, and God, why isn't it happening? There are people. Even, even people who know about faith, who know about believing God, we slip back into this mentality where we need something in our lives. We need God to move. And we, we, we off, it doesn't seem to be happening. And we slip back into, why, Lord, isn't it happening? And we put it back on him. Each time, it's amazing. If you know the word, you'll find God keeps directing you back to your believing. Since that's where the answer is as to why these things are not happening constantly and flowing and moving happening there is a move of the spirit of god that we can switch on on our lives where we step into the flow of the move of the spirit of god on an always on basis always present with us now there's other things i want to show you tonight but i'm almost wondering if i should just leave it at that tonight because i want us to digest that truth there's other things i've got in my notes but this, the more I'm praying, the more I'm seeking God, the more I'm studying the word of God, God is keep pointing me back to this truth. And he's saying we haven't quite seen it like he wants us to see it.
There are some things that God wants us to learn how to turn on. See, when you're a child, you do a lot of things for your, sorry, when you have a child as a parent, there's a lot of things you do for the child when they're younger. But as the child grows up, you want them to learn how to walk in some things. And then you see, the Bible talks about the body of Christ growing up to maturity. We're, we're not just, a, we're not supposed to be a baby body of Christ anymore, walking as babies saying, oh God, you do it all for me. When I need milk, you put the milk in my mouth. When I need this, you do it in my mouth. God's wanting the church to learn how to walk in the ways that he's been teaching us. Because it's as we do that, he's wanting to show us the path of what it is, what is possible, what we can walk into in our individual lives. When we give the word the place and believe it like he says and stick to it. In fact, I'm going to show you one more thing because this is important. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3 and I'll end on this. 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole of 2 Peter chapter 3. But uh, when, when you first read 2 Peter chapter 3, it has a lot to do with the coming of the Lord. God coming. Okay, and and we, we often a lot of times we think of this chapter as very much an end times chapter. It's all about the coming of the Lord. But actually, there's a secondary theme. It's not even a secondary theme. It's a parallel theme in this chapter. This whole chapter is about the word of God. This whole chapter is about what God has spoken, what God has promised, what God has said. Now, he's using the coming of the Lord as as, as an illustration, but it's all about the words which were spoken by the prophets and, and how people are responding to what God has said. Okay. And, 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 and verse 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 2 says that, uh, that you may be mindful of the, notice this phrase, the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Well, that would be the Old Testament. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. That would be the New Testament. So the, the, when he talks about the words which were spoken, he's referring specifically to what we have recorded in the word of God. And then he talks about verse three, knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise? Now, what is the promise? The promise is what God has said in his word. You'll notice throughout this entire chapter, there are references to things about what God has said and the way people are responding to what he has said. He's saying scoffers will come. What is it about them that makes them scoffers? It is them saying, where's the promise of his coming? In other words, where is what God has said? Why is it not happening? We don't see it happening. Now, here specifically, he's talking about the return of the Lord. But you look at this broadly, you'll realize this applies on other areas too. People who look at, well, why isn't what God's saying happening? Where is what God said? Where is the promise of God? Why? You know, where is it? I know God said it, but where is it? That puts you in the category of the, of the scoffers. <laughs> where is the promise? When is it going to happen? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, they're saying, I don't see it happening. It's not happening. Why is it not happening? Now notice in the next passage, from verse 5 to 10, he talks about the power of the word of God. That was verse 3 and 4 I just read. So from verse 5 to 10, he emphasizes the power of what God says. 
says they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And he talks about how God, God's word spoke the heavens into creation. And by the same word and the promises of God, what God has said came to pass. Then verse 11 turns its attention to you and it starts to talk about how you should respond to what God is saying. He says this, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person, what manner of persons ought you to be? Well, we know the scoffers are the ones who say, well, where is what God said? Why isn't it happening? I know God said revival's coming, but where is it? I don't see a revival. I know God said you know, great things are going to happen. I know God said he's going to heal me, but I don't see it. Where is it? That's the scoffers. Those are the ones who are responding wrong to what God has said. Here, he begins to say, this is how God wants us to respond to what he says. Therefore, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct, holy conduct and godliness? First of all, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. In other words, what God has promised. The coming of the day of the Lord there is what he previously referred to as what God promised, what God said. When God has said something, what is a person who believes God doing? They are looking for it. They are hastening it. They are expecting it. Even if it seems to take longer, they are looking and saying, God has said it. I am expecting it to happen. I am believing it to be happening. Now, verse 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 are all telling us how we should respond to the things that God has said. It's really told us the, the scoffers are the one that say, well, where is it? I know God said revival's coming, but I don't see it. We don't see much of a revival. All I see is a virus happening all over the planet. That's a big portion of the church. God's looking, he's saying, what kind of people is he looking for? He's looking for the ones that he, he lists from verse 11 to 17. The kind of people who will take his promise and respond to it the way he wants us to respond to it. These are the believers. These are the ones who believe what God said. Looking, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord or the coming of the promise of what God had said. Uh, verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, he brings the promise back in again. This whole chapter, he keeps referring to things that God has said. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for. We are looking for the fulfillment of his promise. In other words, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. In other words, what he promised. We are looking for. We are hastening. We are expecting what God has said to happen, even when nothing around us looks like it's going to happen. And it, all the scoffers are saying, it ain't ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nothing's changed. Verse 14, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, to what things? What God has promised, what God has said. Be diligent to be found in him in peace. Okay. And he goes on. I'm trying to look for one word, which I can't seem to find quickly in my notes. Verse 17, there it is. He talks about you, therefore, beloved. This is how you must respond to what God has said. Since you know this beforehand, how do we know it beforehand? Because of what God has said, his promise. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. Steadfastness is, the, is that staying the course. He's saying here, 
Don't fall away from your staying the course of holding to, looking for, expecting what God has said to happen. This is what a people who believe God do. Okay? This is what God is looking for. A people who are going to take his word and are going to begin to say, God said it and I'm expecting it. God has said it. I'm not going to let anything pull me off that course. We're going to keep holding to it, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Even when it doesn't look like. See, God's training you in, in, in some areas to learn how to be steadfast, to hold to and to stand on his word and to keep believing his word. Because this is the kind of people he's looking for. Not the ones who begin to say, well, it's never going to happen. Why is it not happening? Because it's the word of God. The way we respond to the word of God, the way we respond to what God has said, the way we respond to the promises of God have a big part to play as, as to whether we walk in some things. Now, I know this message tonight is simple for some, but it's it, 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 for some people it might be new. Other people, you might have drifted off in some areas and you might keep letting go. You might say, well, I know I own preachers faith and believe in God, but you know... It's getting hard and I just, God, you do it. Why aren't you doing it? And we slip off. No, pull yourself back into that position. I am a person who believes the word. I will hold to the word. I will believe the word. I will speak the word. And I will not be pulled off that track. Because if I can stay on that track, I know there is a place where we walk in the always the miraculous happening. These signs will always be around the people who step into this. Amen. So I trust, I trust you've got a hold of some things. I, hope, I trust you've seen some things tonight. Don't get out of holding to the word. Don't slip back into religious mentalities where, you know, oh, this faith stuff's hard. This believing stuff's hard. You know, God, I'm just going to sit back and I'm not going to do all of that. And I'm just going to wait for you to do it. No, that's going to keep you out of it. That's, this is not how God's wanting the church to function right now. God is wanting the church to function in the realm of knowing how to believe him, believe his word, and step into a far greater flow of the miraculous in our lives, including in your own personal life. Those miracles that you need to happen, those things that you're wanting to happen. The enemy keeps wanting to pull you off out of this place right here. But you've got to make a determination to be steadfast in your holding to the word every day, not letting go, not stepping out of it, because God has said when you do that, you will step into the, 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 the manifestation and the miraculous and the things happening in your life. But we've got to learn how to steadfastly stick and hold to the course. Amen. So I hope that's that's encouraged some of you, stirred some of you. And some of you, maybe some new things in there you've never heard before. But God's not just wanting the signs to follow us sometimes or come accompany us. He is wanting us to get to a place where our believing steps us into always flowing in and walking in the miraculous. Your believing God can cause miracles to happen in ways that other things cannot cause them to happen. This is what God's trying to get us to function in as a church. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and the truth of your word. I hope, I, I pray, Father God, I ask, Father God, that you'll help us to see this. Help us to see the importance of this truth and why you just keep getting me to emphasize some things and repeat some things because we need to have our eyes opened and we need to see this because as we see this, we'll start to step into some of these things more. Help us to see it, Father God. Help us to see what you're trying to get us to see in this area so that we can, can function in these things. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just a couple of announcements, and, and I see some people are commenting there. Just two things. On the 11th of December, we are doing a, a, a kind of a national UK Zoom meeting again. 11th of December, it's a Friday night, uh, 7.30 again for the UK time. Uh, for, pe for people all over, anywhere in the UK. In fact, if you're outside of the UK and you want to join the meeting, you're welcome to. But it's focused on revival in the UK. But I've had people in America say, can we join those meetings? I'm like, fun, yeah. The other thing is every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning, 11 a.m., and I understand not everybody can make this, but we've started a regular prayer meeting, praying for the UK, the move of God in the UK, and speaking words of faith over the UK, according to what I've just been preaching, okay? So if anyone wants to join, those are both on Zoom, uh, and you can message and ask for the links or something like that if you want to know where. But 11 a.m. every Friday, we are praying now together as a group. And also on the 11th of December is the, the monthly Zoom meeting. Amen. So God bless you. And thank you. And I'll read through some of those comments. There's some of them have already slipped past you. But, um, but uh, thank you for listening tonight. And we will see you again next week as well. Amen.